Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. Per usual, I'm John, and I got Will here with me. And Will, this Thanksgiving, I hope you're going to eat as much as Embiid ate against the Lakers. We're going to be stuffing your minds full of hot basketball knowledge. I thought John was going to set me up to where I could make a comment about stuffing, and then he didn't. I mean, he got seven blocks in that game. <laughs> so, yeah, I could have I gone with that. You're not wrong about that. I totally could have gone with that. I didn't see that opportunity. Like uh, the Lakers' defense, I could not handle Joel Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this episode, uh, we got some some quick news to hit. We think that we should talk about Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and how the Sixers have had a very up-and-down week. Uh, then we're gonna touch on some other quick hits then go deeper into how the Rockets and Celtics are doing and then finish it up with a bit of Thanksgiving talk (laughs) (laughs) alright but first yeah Philly Philly so Joel Embiid what was the stat line in the Lakers game Johnny what was the stat line it was fat and I woke up in the morning and I was like this has to be a joke someone photoshopped yeah, I think, what was it? It was 46, 46 or 47? 46 points, I think. And then... 17 with, rebounds. Here, right, let me see. I'm gonna, I got it right here. Let me see. Yeah, he had 46, 15, and 7 to go along with 7 blocks. And he's the first player with that stat line since Will Chamberlain, essentially. Yeah, yeah, shot 70%. <laughs> Made two of three three-pointers. God damn, 16 for 19 from free-throw range. Man. We're not going to talk a ton about the Sixers, other than to say that I am buying a Joel Embiid jersey shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And I could buy one easily for Ben Simmons, too, who's having an almost identical season to Magic Johnson's rookie year, the year the Lakers won the championship with Magic Johnson. The first year, anyway. Yeah, Um, I mean... It's like 18-7-9 or something is what he's averaging. Let me see here. I'm pulling it up right now. 18, 9, and 8. It's even better than I thought. Um, but like John said in the opening, the uh, Sixers had an up and down week. Yeah. That was the up. And then in the first quarter against the Warriors, they were up again. They scored 47 first quarter points against the Warriors. were up by 22. Up by 22 at halftime. Then they gave up 47 third quarter, third quarter points to the Warriors. And they ended up losing the game by 10. For yeah, thirty-three point swing in that game. <laughs> yeah, so af- yeah, after being up twenty-two at the half, they got outscored forty-seven to fifteen in the third. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. And a lot of people were tweeting about like what kind of lead do you think is safe against the Warriors? And uh, John, I, what do you think is there a lead? <laughs> fuck. I mean, if you have like thirty in the fourth quarter, maybe. <laughs> I don't even think being up 20 with six minutes left is even remotely safe. No. Like, every time I see the Spurs play against them, like, I'm not... The only time I feel comfortable is, like, aside from when the game is actually over, (laughs) like, if there's, like, a minute left and they're up by, like, 12 is whenever I start feeling like, okay, I think this is gonna be okay. (laughs) Which, we don't need to spend a lot of time talking about how ridiculous the Warriors can be. But they can be pretty ridiculous, especially if everyone's healthy. Unfortunately for them, Kevin Durant has a sprained ankle, and he's going to miss tonight's game, tonight being Sunday, and he might miss another game next week. They hope to have him for the Thunder matchup. We'll see, though. 
Okay, what do you want to hit up next? Um, next, I think we should uh, we should roll through uh, Cavs Thunder really quick. Okay. Uh, do you want to do Cavs first? Yeah. Okay, so they're on a... It, I mean, the Cavs are the Cavs. You don't really know what to think of them at this stage because they're playing god-awful. They have a bit of something to be positive about a four-game winning streak, even though that came in close games against the Mavs, Knicks, Hornets, and Clippers. Yeah, the highest margin of victory in those four games was eight against the Hornets. So they struggled to beat two really, really, really bad teams, one okay team, and uh, I'd say, and then one team that's really struggling with an identity in the Hornets. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, this is a... It's just really hard to assess what kind of team they are now. I mean, they're just... It, it does concern me, though, because it, this isn't the same Cavs team as, as they were before. So I'm not really sure that we can chalk it up to just early season struggles that they'll get together, that they'll solve by the time the playoffs roll around. This team is too different for me to, to assume that. I think a lot of it hinges on how Isaiah Thomas looks when he comes back, which is like a month from now. Yeah, and I think a good assessment for them will be tomorrow night. Monday night, they play the Pistons, who are still sitting at second place in the Eastern Conference at 10-5. and five. Um, I think that that'll be a good test. If they come out and just get, like, beat off the floor by the Pistons, then I think that the Cavs fans can go back to feeling depressed and morose. But I think the four-game winning streak is definitely fool's gold, considering they barely beat all four of the teams. Yeah, and, like, even at that, like, it still just is weird, because, like, let's say... Let's say they do lose to the Pistons badly. Let's say the Pistons win by 20. Do, are you still... Does Would that change your mind at all about if they're making it to the finals or not? No, but... <laughs> See, they're fucking weird. <laughs> it's, it's, hard, I mean, it's hard to talk about. We had a conversation about earlier. Who was who their shooting guard? And John listed the options. John? <laughs> J.R. Smith? Who else? Yeah, J.R. Smith, Carl Corver, and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, do you like any of those options? Because I don't like any of those options. <laughs> Not, I mean, J.R. Smith is all right. <laughs> yeah, and then we looked up J.R. Smith, and his three-point percentage is his second worst ever in his 13-year NBA career. His points are down for the second season in a row. His field goal percentages are down. His minutes are up, so he's <laughs> playing 30 minutes a game for a team that doesn't have a lot of scoring options and averaging eight points. Yeah, That's, so... Mm, I'd rather have, like a, like, a 23-year-old rookie or something. For those eight points, not a guy who's 31 on a fat contract. You keep setting me up to talk about Luka Doncic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the Cavs are going to get in the ring for Luka Doncic unless they trade LeBron. <laughs> okay, man. Did, did you know, I mean, ran, random thought that just came to my mind since we're going to talk about the Spurs real quickly after this, but did you know that the Spurs almost traded for J.R. Smith back like when he was like a rookie or a second or third year player or something like that. No, I didn't realize that. That was like back in like either 06 or 07 when he was on the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Apparently they decide, apparently they came to agreement with the Hornets at the trade deadline for a deal that revolved around him for Brent Berry, but it was it was finalized too late and so they couldn't complete it. Hmm. I was thinking to myself, man, if only J.R. Smith could have come to the Spurs. <laughs> But oh well, they still should. They still beat the shit out of the Thunder yet, so <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, before we get to the Spurs and Thunder, uh, let's just mention that LeBron's leading the league in minutes at more than 38 per game. Which, 
I mean, concerns me. <laughs> it it is concerning, but he's also having like his best year in like a few years, so I don't really know what to make of that either. <laughs> um, do we want to talk about the vegan article or no? Uh, let's save that for Kyrie. Okay. Um, we'll mention LeBron again in there because he's not a vegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's playing all those minutes. He's certainly eating this season. Okay, so let's get to the Spurs and Thunder. They, they played a pretty hilarious game the other night that John and I actually watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it? They were down 23, I think, in the second. Yeah, Spurs were down. Spurs. Yeah, Spurs were down 23 in the second, and then they came all the way back and beat them by, I think, three. Yeah, it should have been more, but the Spurs had some hiccups late where uh, Kyle Anderson missed two free throws, and then Aldridge missed one free throw. Yeah. And then the Thunder actually had a chance to tie it. They had they got three offensive rebounds, on or two offensive rebounds on one possession, so they had three shots at a three to tie it. And the ball got kicked out to Carmelo, and he hit a three, or so he thought. His foot was on the line, and they ended up losing the game. Um, who missed the... Oh, Westbrook didn't get a shot off with three seconds left is what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I think he tried he, to... He, like, had, like, a half heave or something. He tried to embellish on a three-point yeah. shot. Yeah, embellish contact, and he didn't get the call, so... So, before this game, the Thunder had won three really cupcake games in a row, and people were talking them up again. And then they, like, immediately, when things got tough in the fourth quarter, completely choked. What is the Bertans, the Spurs guy? Yeah. He shot the Spurs back into the game, essentially. Yeah. I mean, he's a good shooter. He doesn't really do anything else, so I'm glad that he was able to at least do that for <laughs> us, because if it wasn't for him, he would have been pretty boned. Yeah, but the Spurs continue finding ways to win weird games without Kawhi Leonard. But Let me see, what was their lines? Yeah, Aldridge had 26-9. and nine. <laughs> Danny Green had 17-6. and six. Gasol with 14. See, Bertans hit three threes. Who else? Yeah, Kyle Anderson with ten. Uh, everybody just chips in. There, there's no... I mean, Aldridge has certainly stepped up, and then everybody else has just chipped in a little more than expected, and that's, like, enough to... Definitely, what, they're ten and six right now. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good record for me. Yeah, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about Aldridge here in a second on one of our weekly segments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we get to that, though, we just have to uh, pour one out, have a little bit of a requiem for the Los Angeles Clippers last season. They, uh, the last time we really talked about the Clippers at length, they were 5-0. and No, they were 4-0, and and then they ended up being 5-2. and And what ha- what's happened since then, John? <laughs> <laughs> they lost a shit ton of games. That's they what lost, happened. <laughs> they lost eight games in a row. They're 5-10, and and the speculation is rampant that either... DeAndre Jordan is going to get traded in the next couple weeks, or Doc Rivers is going to get fired, which would be unconscionable at the start of the season, I would think, that Doc Rivers would get fired. But they've yeah. been, they're down Patrick Beverly, which everyone who's ever watched Patrick Beverly knows is going to happen. He always misses two or three weeks per season. Teodosic is also injured. We don't really know about that. He's 30 year old Croatian who's been playing in the Euro League. But their other new guy, Danilo Gallinari, what do you know? Good old Danilo, injured again, like he always is. So, they've been without those three guys, which is a significant portion of their offensive setup, but they look like hot garbage every single night. Yeah, I mean, I can't really disagree with you <laughs> on that one. Like, I don't, I haven't watched a ton of Clippers games recently, um, but I don't think Blake Griffin has suddenly been terrible. Uh, no, he's the only guy that has been, like, making, like, 
they would have they they would have looked really really ugly if it wasn't for Blake Griffin. Yeah, they'd yeah. probably be the worst team in the league if Blake Griffin got injured. Yeah, maybe. Um, all the people that bought stock in now that Chris Paul is gone, Austin Rivers is finally going to show his true potential. <laughs> They're right, but I think that those people meant that in a positive way and not in the absolutely negative garbage can way that Austin Rivers has been showing his potential every night. He's been absolutely terrible. I think he, really he is or leaving soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just because I, I feel like it, <laughs> I put together a trade scenario. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumper, and a future Cavs pick for DeAndre. <laughs> yes or no? Tristan Thompson, Iman Shumper, and a future Cavs pick. Is it the Nets pick? <laughs> Not the Nets pick, a future Cavs pick. <laughs> uh, let's say 2019. Let's say like the year after LeBron leaves. I'm trying to think of, of teams who want DeAndre Jordan. And I think that... Some of those teams could be the suddenly slumping Magic. They could use a center. The Bucks could use a center. Um, the Pistons, I'm sure, would love to swap Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I don't think that his value is low enough yet for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, I just I think I can see that, that being a potential trade. Yeah, I just say that as, like... I mean, that's another, that's another star that Cleveland can use to, like make it difficult for LeBron to say no to re-signing. Is, uh, is Doc Rivers still the GM of the, of the Clippers? No. Okay. No, he's Do not. Do they have a real GM now who overrules him on... I don't know about a real time? GM, but it's not him. Okay, so I could see... That's a conceivable trade. I could I could see it happening. I think it probably makes the Clippers better. You think so? They, they just get two guys that they can play instead of one. Yeah. And, like, and I just... Jordan playing well is predicated on the offense performing well. Yeah, and I just don't see a way that DeAndre Jordan resigns. They're because uh, I think he's a free agent. He can opt out after this year, and there isn't really much for him to stick around unless he really wants that max. I don't think he. I don't think he. I don't think he's eligible for the super max. But if he wants, I mean, a regular max would still be more than what other teams could offer. So unless that's really important to him, I put it to you this way: um, Can DeAndre Jordan play against the Warriors? I think so. Okay, then I think that the Cavs would do it. Yeah, they just they just need bodies against the Warriors. I feel like they're all there's always that awkward dish decision to make about whether or not to go with Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson or either of them. Well, and they I think can't play both of them against the Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> and I think having DeAndre Jordan is a quick fix to that problem. Yeah, I can see it. Okay, that works for me. Um, next thing, just very briefly. <laughs> Just very briefly, this is kind of a mea culpa. Um, so the stupid motherfucker of the week is me. <laughs> Once again, I think it's two weeks in a row. Um, I do not purport to be a basketball expert on this podcast. <laughs> I really, really like basketball. And I'm watching more basketball than ever. And I'm reading more about basketball than ever. I thought when the uh, Spurs signed LaMarcus Aldridge to his contract extension <laughs> that they were committing... Roster suicide. And I just want to say, from the bottom of my heart to all you Spurs fans out there, I was wrong so far through 16 games. <laughs> because LaMarcus Aldridge has been very, very good. And has completely resuscitated his trade value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they really have. And, and like you said, they're 10-6 and six right now without yeah. Kawhi, which is 
literally, if you would have told them that at the beginning of the season, Kawhi's going to miss 16 games and we're 10-6, and six, and Aldridge is averaging 25 or whatever, 25-8 and eight or whatever it is. Yeah. I think that they would accept that in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the roster gets, I mean, they they have good depth, but, I mean, Kawhi down, the rest of the roster already has to step up quite a bit, and yeah. then... Like yeah, so the the depth doesn't really mean that much whenever your best player is out. So yeah. I think it's been a real struggle. But to be ten and six at this point, and with Lamarcus Aldridge playing the best he has since Portland, yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. And the, the the important thing for me about Aldridge, like watching that Thunder game, is what actually made me come to this conclusion of how stupid I am. <laughs> is that it's not just that his stats are better; it's that he doesn't look lethargic. He looks strong. He's like finishing the. The Spurs won that game because I want to say uh, I don't know, Danny Green missed a three late in the game, and Aldridge got the offensive rebound and put it back, and they won the game because of that. And he's been making plays like that all season. He looks quick, he looks strong, he looks agile. So good job, Spurs. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> fuck you. <Okay. laughs> all right. So <laughs> real quick, I'll just say my stupid motherfucker of the week. <laughs> Is Bills head coach Sean McDermott for starting Nathan <laughs> Peterman over Tyrod Taylor? Okay, this is obviously not a football podcast, so John, you have to give us the details on why Sean McDermott is a stupid motherfucker, which I wholeheartedly agree with. <laughs> because I can't, I, I'm not exactly a football person either, but I know enough to know that Tyrod Taylor is an actually good quarterback, and the Bills are actually having one of their better seasons in a long time, and for some reason. They decided to start Nathan Peterman, uh, what was he, like a, a either a third or a fifth round rookie, yeah. over Tyrod Taylor, <laughs> and he threw 14 times and got five interceptions, yeah. and then was benched for Tyrod Taylor in the third quarter. <laughs> so the I think the extended scenario is that Tyrod Taylor had a bad game last week, okay? Yeah. Like, he just didn't play particularly well, so they decided to bench him. This caused a tremendous amount of controversy this week in, like, football, Twitter, and all this stuff. And then, through 250 pass attempts, Tyra Taylor had thrown three interceptions this season, and homeboy Nathan Peterman in 15, or in 14 through 5. So, <laughs> yeah, it's about as bad of a game conceivably played. That's like Alonzo Ball bad game right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that does it for that. I just love talking about the NFL when they're a bunch of fucking idiots. So. <laughs> Which is often, thankfully. Um, <laughs> okay. We got our two meaty topics here. Do we want to start in red or do we want to start in green? Let's let's do the red. All right, so we're going to talk about some Rockets basketball, y'all. Oh, quickly, just like before we do that. Mean fucking green fucking foot fucking ball. <laughs> are you and team mean green when undefeated at home? Seven and three. What up? <laughs> what up, Tyler? Shout out to Tyler. <laughs> and Trent. <laughs> Anywho, um, the Rockets have Chris Ball back. He's been back for two games against the Suns and the Grizzlies. First game against the Suns, the Rockets scored the second ever, the, the second highest ever points in the first half. They scored 90 points in the first half against the Suns. Um, James Harden is first in points in the league right now and first in assists. He's made six threes in something like 10 out of his last 12 games, which is, like, off the charts fucking nutty. Like, the idea of someone doing that is insane. All of his shooting percentages, since Trent and I said that he was shooting too much of the podcast, like, three weeks ago, have gone up. Um, <laughs> the Rockets also beat the Grizzlies by 11. It was without Mike Conley. It doesn't really matter. 
But the Rockets weren't playing particularly well. But Paul had 17 and 6 in about 20 minutes. Yeah. And they look really, really good. It's like without a hitch, they've reintegrated Paul back in the offense. And one other factoid, the Rockets have won their last five road games by at least 15 points. Three other teams in NBA history have done that, and they all won the championship the season they did it. The Rockets are 9-1 and one at home, or on the road so far this season, which I was re- I thought was pretty remarkable. Yeah, I mean, they definitely... Um, I think Chris Paul still has some things to work out, but, I mean, he has... I mean... In two games, he's playing pretty well. I mean, he's not playing outside of himself. He's letting the game come to him. Um, I can't remember which podcast I heard it on, but that uh, I think it was Brian Windhurst who said that that the Chris Paul injury was probably like a blessing in disguise because that was that was able to uh, like when you look at OKC. And how they're having to mix together a whole bunch of new pieces all together at once. And that has not worked out so well. And with Houston, with Chris Paul gone, they were able to integrate their other new pieces. And now that they're in the full swing of things, now they can integrate Chris Paul. And it seems easier now to do that. Yeah, and I I didn't hear that podcast. But I completely agree with that. And the main reason why is because, for one, Luke and Bamute and PJ Tucker are way easier to integrate. Because they just do two things. They chuck. <laughs> <laughs> they chuck and they defend. <laughs> yeah. And the most important part for me as a Rockets fan, this is the, like the galling and very strange part, is that <clears throat> the Rockets have played some very lazy defensive games this year. But, much like the uh, playoff switch the teams infamously have, the Rockets, I like to call it the halftime switch or the third quarter switch, they've just been like turning on the defensive effort in the second half of games and like keeping the other team from scoring any points. And it's really encouraging. <laughs> yeah, I mean they I mean they finally have the personnel to do that. I mean, that was um I mean, that's what they've been missing, that's what Mike D'Antoni teams have been missing, and now like the two finally come together and we have the Mike D'Antoni offense with a personnel that can play defense. And so that's I mean, I don't know how far it'll take them, but this is probably, this has potential to be one of the best Rockets teams ever assembled, so. Um, and the other thing that I only want to mention in, like, a very low whisper is that still, through, like, 15 games, Ryan Anderson is playing good defense. <laughs> he's not playing particularly well offensively, but he's looking light. He's looking quick. He's a racist, but he's, he's looking good. <laughs> um, I think that the Rockets are going to win the championship. I want to get it on the record early. <laughs> when they lose to the Spurs in the second round, remind me of this. <laughs> well, all right then. What, I, I honestly do think that the Rockets are going to win the championship. What makes you so confident? I think that someone is going to get injured on the Warriors. <laughs> I think that as long as for the Warriors it's not Dre or Kevin Durant, then they're fine. Like, I think that they'll win the championship as long as they have Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. I think that they can lose Steph Curry and win the championship. Because while he doesn't do the same kind of things, uh, Livingston's the best backup point guard in the NBA. Um, and Klay Thompson's shooting is great, and it really bails them out a lot of times. But I think without Klay Thompson, they could still do it. But I think if they lose Draymond Green or Kevin Durant, that they're done. They don't have any front court depth whatsoever. Don't don't talk to me about David West. <laughs> Please get out with the Zaza Pachulia and the David West comments. 
Yeah, I mean... Because that's their entire defense. Is Iguodala, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green. And I think Iguodala's washed. I'm really glad the Rockets didn't get him. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to pay that man $20 million, and he looks terrible so far. Yeah, I mean, if you're adding injuries to it, then I don't really know how to counter that. <laughs> I mean, you could just agree that I'm completely right. <laughs> I mean, in this hypothetical scenario, you have a point. <laughs> as long as James Harden doesn't have his meltdown games. And the only, the, like, my, my caveats are that James Harden and Trevor Reza are top seven, seven so far in minutes per game. They're lower than they were last season by about a minute and a half each, but... John, I think, mentioned this the other week. Like, why the fuck are you playing James Harden in fourth quarters where you're up by 25 points? D'Antoni, stop! Take him out of the game! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's the one part that concerns me. But, well, I guess I'll have to wait and see. The Rockets are going to win the championship. You heard it here first. (laughs) Okay. And uh, I'm also a stupid motherfucker for another reason, John. Why is that? What did I say last week? (laughs) Uh... About this certain team in green. (laughs) Oh, the Celtics that you thought <laughs> that you thought Detroit was more real than they are. <laughs> I didn't say that. Check the tape. I didn't say that. That's a lie. What did you say about the Celtics? Uh, I, I just remember. said that I didn't think that they would keep winning. Oh. What is their record now, John? What is it? Sixteen and two. It's it's. Oh yeah, their record is sixteen and two. What's the what's their wins? Oh wait, no, they're fifteen and two. They have a fifteen game win streak. Oh, I thought they had won sixteen in a row. No, it's fifteen. Um and. Like, what, what was the impetus after their two losses? What happened that's made them win 15 games in a row? <laughs> um, I think that... Oh, that was a joke set up. What? what, what were... <laughs> that was a Gordon Hayward joke, wasn't it? No, no, no. No, okay. no, 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 no man, I love Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Gordon, what do you think of the preseason League of Legends changes? <laughs> Hit us up, let us know. Um, Kyrie Irving told the fan after they lost their second game... To suck his dick. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> and he got fined 25K, and since they've won 15 games in a row. The team rallied behind <laughs> that fine. <laughs> you know what the team has really rallied behind? What? Jalen fucking Brown, man. The dude is so good. Oh, my God. He's, like, almost as good as Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. He's, <laughs> yeah, I love Jalen Brown. He is, he, he's not, does it count? To be an energy guy, if you're doing what you're doing for, like, 30 minutes a game? No, it doesn't. Like, he's just, like, it, it reminds me of, like, this is a weird comparison, okay? Just bear with me. He reminds me of Ben Wallace a lot. And that, it, like, it's, like, the other guy's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> why are you trying so much harder than me? He got a steal the other day against the Warriors, and it was just, I think it was Curry. And Curry was just, yeah. like, dribbling the ball, and Jalen Brown just, like, went in and took it away from him. Yeah, I mean, he's just playing a whole lot better. He's a much better shooter now. Yeah. His three-point percentage went from 34 to 39 and a half. He's getting to the rim. He's getting out in transition. He's obviously getting steals. Yeah. And, I mean, not only that, but I don't think that anyone expected Jason Tatum to be this good this quickly. Yeah. And that's still, I mean, still my only area of concern is that two. there's two things right now that are concerning me. Jason Tatum eventually either is going to be super special and not ever hit a rookie wall, or he's going to hit the rookie wall. And the other thing is they cannot afford Marcus Smart to get injured. And Marcus Smart has gotten injured in every season in the NBA so far. They can't afford it. They don't have other dudes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, they they obviously can't afford any other injuries, but... I mean, that Warriors game, 
We went to bed, y'all. They were down by 17 in the third quarter, and I was like, fuck it, this is over. I'm going to sleep. It was a weeknight. And I wake up and find out that not only did they win, but they held the Warriors to 88 points. Curry scored nine points in that game. Yeah, I mean, um, what was it? Howard Beck discussed this with Zach Lowe on the latest Low Post, but that, like, this is. This whole thing that people have been discussing about, like, the best way to defend the Warriors is just having, like, a bunch of good-sized players who can switch almost everything. Like, Boston actually developed that, and we never really realized it. <laughs> exactly. They they were able to just disrupt everything that the Warriors were trying to do down the stretch in that game. Yeah, like, they can pretty much switch at any position. And even Kyrie, who would be a mismatch, is trying harder on defense, so it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah, um, I don't know. They're, it really impressed me. And then the next night, I was like, their next game, they were down by 16 to the Hawks, and I was be like, it would be the most fucking NBA thing ever if they beat the Warriors, surprise everyone on TNT, and then they lose to the fucking garbage-ass Hawks, whose best player is Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> and then they, once again, for like the sixth or seventh time during the win streak, maybe more, they were down by 15 or more points and came back and won the game. Yeah, yeah. Which that's... against the Hawks is not impressive. You shouldn't ever be down by 16 points to the Hawks. Like, the no. corpse of Kent Bazemore is their second best player. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Another thing, the Rockets tried to sign him. Yeah, to I a know. Max offer sheet. In in the in my in this alternate world where everything happens to where I can laugh at you for everything the Rockets do. It's like well, why why couldn't the Rockets just sign Chris Bosh and Chandler Parsons? Oh gosh. And <laughs> and then sign Kent Bazemore. R.I.P. Chris Bosch. And then, who's the other guy that you mentioned they almost signed earlier? Uh, Iguodala. Iguodala. <laughs> just, just have a so, roster of all those guys. For those of you Rockets fans who don't know, Kent Bazemore, they tried to sign him, and they signed Eric Gordon because he said no. Yeah, so, they off- they offered Bazemore more money than what he accepted from Atlanta. Yeah, he, he took a discount to suck dick in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what his next contract will be, but it's going to be for like... 20% of his current contract. Yeah, I mean, good for him for getting that deal. Yeah, it's one of the worst deals in history, right alongside Timothy Mozgov. Um, I mean, I think Joakim Noah still beats all those. Yeah, but I mean, in comparison, Ken Bazemore's deal makes Tim Hardaway Jr.'s look like a good deal. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Okay, and then we read a really interesting article this week by Tom Haberstraw. John, did you actually finish reading it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, it was yeah. Tom Haberstraw wrote, wrote it for uh, Bleacher Report. Report magazine. Yeah, and um, it was about Kyrie Irving and how he credits his improvements in his game this year. He um, by from a box score point of view, he's not having the best year of his career, but he is being more efficient. He's trying harder on defense, and, I mean, he has lost even more weight than before, and he's more nimble, and he credits that to being vegan. And apparently he's not the only one who is who is crediting being, who's crediting veganism as to being the key to their improvements in their games here. I'm trying to find the list of other... Yeah, here's here a list of other players who... Made the switch to to vegan to veganism and have credited the diet for being better. It was Wilson Chandler, Al Jefferson, Garrett Temple, Damian Lillard, Ennis Cantor, Javale McGee, and Jaleel Okafor. I read that Jaleel Okafor lost like twenty 
20 pounds, 20 or 25 pounds, and, like, is not having knee issues anymore, yeah. and he's just, yeah, I mean. Even apparently uh, Lillard dropped 10 pounds after he did it. Yeah, yeah, all these guys switching to a vegan diet, and, like, even if they're already in killer shape, they somehow managed to find, like, another 10 pounds to lose. Yeah. By turning vegan. I think it's just, like, the latest advantage in, like, teams getting faster and faster. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it, it was also covered in the story that teams are, like... There, there are more possessions per per game. Teams are covering more space per game. They're, like, running more, covering more distance per game. And, I mean, a lot of players... Kyrie Irving describes it as being awake. Not woke, but awake. As in, like, he just feels more energized, and he feels, like, more at... He feels, like, inner peace with himself. Like, he feels, like, more calm and, like, in a better mindset with veganism. Yeah, I mean, we can, like, throw out, like, half of that because it's Tyree Irving's typical bullshit. He thinks the earth is flat. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a similar sensation that lots of people describe when they go on vegan or vegetarian diets. When they stop eating meat and dairy, like, a lot of people describe it as, like, no longer feeling like a slave to those things. Yeah. And so his, like, awoken state... And spiritually, because he doesn't need meat anymore, might be bullshit. But it certainly seems like it's working so far. Yeah, and, and I mean, Wilson Chandler said that he did it to stop getting injured, and he hasn't been getting injured. Yeah, him and Garrett Temple both said that the best things about being vegan have been um, quicker recovery time and more restful sleep. I mean, I need to do that shit because I don't sleep well at all. <laughs> I just fucking I have this fucking this. I bought a Fitbit yeah. and. <laughs> It tracks my sleep, and I go to I go to bed. Well, I I go to bed with definitely enough time to get like eight hours of sleep. But this damn thing tracks how much I like toss and turn and stuff. Yeah. So even though I'm in bed for like eight and a half hours, it tells me that I only really got like six and a half hours of sleep because I was tossing and turning so much. I think it's the exact same scenario for me. I sleep horribly. I'm actually considering trying this uh, Kyrie Irving vegan thing. My girlfriend and I have been talking about it for a long time. I think we're going to try it out. I gotta. I can't go straight to vegan. I gotta do vegetarian for a few months and then yeah, try so vegan. Can eat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because vegan. I mean, yeah. I don't know. As much as I like to think I know a lot about veganism, as far as like prepping meals and stuff for that goes, I know that like if I switch straight to vegan, I'm gonna be like dying of hunger by like day three. So <laughs> yeah, like anytime I do any kind of dieting, I'm like so hungry and annoyed all the time do i feel better yeah but i'm also hungry and annoyed <laughs> so yeah. enough about that let's get on to the gluttonous aspect of life this week is thanksgiving john and i are making you a thanksgiving meal cornucopia of nba players or teams we got all the thanksgiving fixings and then we've individually assigned things as the different meal parts <laughs> all, right, all right yeah you, you start off with your first one all right, uh, do we want to start at the things that don't matter, like pie, or do we want to start at turkey? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll let you pick. All right, let's 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 go pie. Let's go bottoms up, okay? Okay. The pie for me is the Rockets, because they're so good and so sweet, but they tend to overindulge on those frisky little three-pointers. And sometimes you eat too much pie, and you feel like shit, and you lose. <laughs> Which is the only way that the Rockets aren't going to go super far this year is that they're going to get carried away, and they're going to shoot 58 three-pointers, and they're going to make eight of them in a game. That's that's on the table, guys. 
That's I, what happens with extreme variance from shooting too many three-pointers. I can see that. I can see that as, like, a thing that people get accustomed to over time and then realize, like, by playoff time comes around, you're already exhausted from all that shit, and, you and like, it's, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I mean, maybe you feel good still eating that third piece of pie, but I guarantee you 30 minutes after you finish that third piece, you're going to feel like hot garbage. Okay, so pie for me, I'm thinking to myself, by the time I get at pie, I've already eaten everything else. I'm already full, basically, yeah. and yeah. I have to consider whether or not I should make room for this pie. I understand the logic of people's attraction to pie, Yeah. And but sometimes I just have to stay away from it, and on the days that I do have it, like halfway through the slice, I'm like, oh god, why am I doing this? Someone get this away from me. <laughs> so I could understand its appeal. But I just can't. I just can't. I just can't indulge in it that much, or like barely at all, really. I, I should have just like a couple forkfuls of pie and then just leave it at that, because after that it just gets gross, and like I'm just begging for it to stop. Which is why my pie is Lonzo Ball. <laughs> I understand why people love Lonzo Ball, but after a while I'm just like, good God, just end it already, Lonzo. You don't have to do this. So I'm going to say that Lonzo is a pecan pie. Because <laughs> pecan pie for me is just too sweet. It's too indulgent. Yeah, it's awful. I only liked it as a little kid because it had a shit ton of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so okay, that's good. Um, mashed potatoes, you go first. Mashed potatoes, I think, are fairly extra when it comes to Thanksgiving. <laughs> wow. I just, I, I like mashed potatoes. They're solid. You can't really screw it up. But I'm never amazed by it i'm never thinking like i i mean i i know when i'm having good mashed potatoes but i'm never thinking holy shit these are some good mashed potatoes i'm like okay yeah these are good mashed potatoes and like that's the most i ever think of it and it's very rarely do i think to myself like oh like these 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 are amazing i don't know that many people who make amazing mash i know a lot of people who make good mashed potatoes but not amazing ones and so i'm thinking to myself who's a player that's always good but I just don't really care that much for. I just don't understand. I just like he's he's a really really good player, but I just don't. I I'm just like okay, cool. Yeah. So my mashed potatoes are Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, he's angry about that. I love Kyle Lowry. He plays well, but he's the mashed potatoes of the NBA. Like if if like are, do we do we miss him whenever he's not playing? <laughs> no, we don't. So I'm glad that John is picking players for his because mine are all team. <laughs> yeah, I got all players. <laughs> okay, so my mashed potatoes, which I think are great, consistent, solid, very good, almost impossible to screw up. These mashed potatoes win almost 50 games every year. <laughs> you can pencil it in for 50 games. Sometimes the people use cream cheese and sour cream, and they twice bake them, bitches. They're great, and they win the championship on odd-numbered years. The mashed potatoes for me are the San Antonio Spurs. They're always there. They're consistent. They're great. Mashed potatoes, San Antonio Spurs. I guess I could see from a certain perspective how that also applies to my logic because there are a lot of people who are wishing for the Spurs to just be bad again because they're tired of hearing about the Spurs. The only way to make mashed potatoes bad is to do some dumb shit. Put, <laughs> like, I don't know. I can't even think of a way. <laughs> ranch in them. Put a bunch of ranch. <laughs> don't. Okay. So next one. I got ham next. Yes, we got ham. Ham, to me, is my favorite meat of Thanksgiving. Yep. I think it supersedes turkey. I think that it's... I, I just love it so much, especially when people go through the whole trouble of, you know, 
proper seasoning, pineapples, cherries, all that shit. Just put it all over the place. Rub hand. Yeah, just a, yeah, soak it in rum. <laughs> just do all of that shit to it. But if you screw up the ham, may God help you. <laughs> I'm gonna have to eject you yeah. from Thanksgiving dinner. So that's why my ham is Demarcus Cousins. <laughs> okay, I can dig it. I can dig it. Uh, my ham. I also think that ham is the MVP of Thanksgiving meats, and almost all meats in general. Pork is where it's at, guys. It really is. <laughs> Cordon Bleu, they put ham on it for a reason. <laughs> um, ham is the secret MVP. But like John said, if you screw it up, you screw it up bad. So ham, this team that's ham, if they look bad, they look really bad. But then you peel away some more layers of ham, and you get to the good stuff in the center, which is almost impossible to screw up. And you've got the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> it's the best meat. It doesn't matter if you screw it up a little bit. It's almost always there. It's coming back. It's ham. It's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> They're going ham. Now, let's get to the yams, though. <laughs> yams. You want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first. Yams. It's like dessert, but it's not. It's like a side dish. But it's not. For some fucking dumb reason, it has uh, marshmallows on top, which are so extraneous. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to call it extra, because I'm, I'm not bougie like John. It's extraneous. Um, and like like yams, you just add random things to it, like Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yams are the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't get them. They look weird. Why? Do, I, I guess I understand why people like them. You know, sweet potatoes are cool. You know, sweet potato fries. <laughs> it's fine. That's cool. That's cool. You can eat that if you want. I'm not into it. Yeah. It, it can't play defense. <laughs> what do you got for yams? Fuck for yams, <laughs> yams, if done well, are my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. Wow. I fucking love, <laughs> love yams so much, especially with the marshmallow and the pecans. All the syrup, the, you put the syrup too? All that extra shit, oh, just God. put it on top of that, and I'll eat that. But you don't no, want pie. <laughs> knowing uh, yams beat the shit out of pie. And <laughs> it's fun, out funny that you say pie, <laughs> because just like yams beat the shit out of pie for me, <laughs> my yams are Joel Embiid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because Joel Embiid, just like yams, I will die for yams. No matter what, <laughs> I know full well how bad it is for me. I don't care if I feel sick about it because I know too much yams is bad. Just like Joel Embiid playing too much is bad. But I don't care. I'll go down with Joel Embiid. I'll go down with yams. I might have to try some yams. <laughs> it's been a while since I've gone down Yams Avenue. <laughs> All right, Johnny, hit us with your cranberry sauce. My cranberry sauce. Okay, so cranberry sauce growing up, I never tried it. I just assumed it was gross. Because growing up, I mean, I thought sauce was reserved for things like barbecue sauce and things like that. So yeah. when you tell me cranberry sauce, I'm thinking that sounds fucking disgusting. Yeah, and it's shaped like the can because I grew up very poor. <laughs> so it was always out of a can and it looked like the can when you took it out of the can. It was gross, man. It looked like bad adult jello. Yeah, so luckily my first, cran my first cranberry sauce was not from the can. It was actually a kind that someone made. And I finally gave it a try, and it was super delicious. And it is now also one of my favorite things about Thanksgiving. So, my the NBA player who I was out on for so long, and now is doing well because, I mean, I'm glad he's doing well because I finally gave him a shot this year. 
LaMarcus Aldridge is my cranberry sauce. <laughs> Alright, I can see that, I can see that. Um, I think the cranberry sauce is alright. But I think it has a weird texture, and it's worse than pie. And like yams, it doesn't know if it's a dessert or not. <laughs> it just doesn't really make sense to me to be on the plate. And yeah. so, it could be good, like the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> or it could be like completely pointless, like the Trailblazers. <laughs> so, it, it, cranberry sauce is two teams for me. Somewhere in between. They're, 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 they're a seven seed in the West. <laughs> yeah, they're, a sa- they're from seven to ten in the West. Like, it's like, fine, whatever. Like, we don't need them. Like, Nikola Jokic is cool, but they're not going to win in the playoffs. They're going to no. pay Paul Millsap a bunch of money to be mediocre like he was in the <laughs> Okay, mac and cheese. <clears throat> Do you want to go or me? I'll go. Mac uh, and cheese. Smooth. It's creamy. <laughs> it makes you feel good when you don't. It's, like, almost impossible to screw up unless you're, like, my great aunt. Trent will love this. Or my aunt. She came to Thanksgiving once, told us she made homemade mac and cheese. Trent and I were helping ourselves in some heaping portions, and we realized that she had just boiled macaroni and then poured on Velveeta, which hadn't melted all the way. So it was just like we had to heat it up in the microwave during Thanksgiving to get the Velveeta to melt. And then she said, oh my stars, and Trent to this day still reminds me of this. This was like four years ago. But not that mac and cheese. That's like your very rare case mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is almost always delicious. And that's why mac and cheese, this year especially, is the Philadelphia 76 Because they fill my heart with joy and love. That's a very valid point. I can't argue with that. For my mac, for my choice for mac and cheese, mac and cheese will never... I, I love mac and cheese to death. It'll never make the plate for me, but it can be the thing that, to put the plate over the top. If I'm wondering whether or not this has been a great Thanksgiving dinner... All, all of the rest of the food has gone pretty well. I'm digging it. And then that mac and cheese. If it's good mac and cheese, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this goes up there as far as Thanksgivings go. And so the player who is not the star but can put you over the top, my mac and cheese is Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, never the star, but he'll give you 10 three-pointers and save your team if you need it. So, <laughs> so I think that pretty much... I think that's a pretty fitting food for him because... I mean, yeah, he'll he he can save you sometimes, and Clay Thompson is always good. Any team can be can be better by having Clay Thompson on the team. He'll he'll never he'll never be like a fit issue. He'll never like he's just a perfect glue guy because he does what he does extremely well. He doesn't mind being in the role that he's in, and you're always happy to see him whenever he's going off. I can dig it. I like Clay Thompson. I like that he signed a sneaker deal in China. <laughs> yeah, with Anta. I like that he's super weird and he drinks a Miller Lite after every game. <laughs> I like that his dad controls his money and he's almost 28. I like everything about Clay Thompson. I like that his brother's a professional baseball player. I like it all. Alright, dressing slash stuffing. Dressing is when it's not cooked inside the turkey. Stuffing is when it's cooked inside the turkey. Just so you fucking know Billy's now. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, John. Hit us with your stuffing slash dressing. My stuffing slash dressing. Um, I think that this this is already a food that I love, and I think that this is some this is something that I particularly see old people looking forward to. <laughs> old people uh, and Christina, my girlfriend. I think that this is just like I already love dressing, but I think just like as I get older, I'm gonna look forward to it more and more, as it just. 
and a pl- and the player that I think is just like just gets better with age and just I mean you're never going to get tired of him and you're going to be wondering how the fuck is this dressing so good year after year after year my dressing is LeBron. Oh damn, you think dressing is good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that we disagree. <laughs> so my dressing or stuffing, I think dressing and stuffing is disgusting. I think it is oniony, salty, briny shit. <laughs> I don't understand why people like it. I think people who do like it have some sort of mental issue where they don't have a functioning frontal cortex. In their <laughs> But I understand it's necessity, okay? It's not really Thanksgiving without it. If it's stuffing, it does make the turkey more moist, okay? If it's dressing, it's another thing that you can put on your plate if you're a garbage person. <laughs> it's cheap to make, and there's a lot of it. So it like it, it extends the longevity of Thanksgiving as a holiday, which I'm all about. Eat your leftovers, folks. It's yeah. rude to not. Um, but for me, it's completely ancillary. But it does give you something to argue with idiots like John about. <laughs> Which is why dressing slash stuffing for me is very clearly the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> because it's garbage. <laughs> but I enjoy talking about how bad it is. And uh, watching it choke up leads to the Spurs. As you were t- describing it, I was thinking you were picking Russell Westbrook. So. <laughs> I essentially am picking Russell Westbrook. <laughs> as I drink a Mountain Dew mix. <laughs> Which upsets me that he gets some money from that. He knows his soda. <laughs> Um, yeah, so dressing is the Oklahoma City Thunder for me. It's uh, the worst part of Thanksgiving. <laughs> and <laughs> Christmas now, because they'll play on Christmas. Disagree, but okay. Alright. The turkey! Turkey. Turkey. I'll go first with turkey. Turkey. It's not Thanksgiving without it. It's the centerpiece of the whole meal. And I understand that completely, and I enjoy turkey. But to me, it's never the highlight of Thanksgiving. Occasionally it is. If someone cooks it really, really well. Almost impossible. Yeah. My brother does an amazing job of smoking turkeys, and when he does that, that's one of, if not my favorite part of the meal, but that barely ever happens. So, just like turkey, who is really good, you can't, you can't have, you can't have a meal without it. Just like you, just, just how this team cannot have their team without this player, even though I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I understand it. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. I think Turkey has a pretty poor narrative. <laughs> Which is why I'm going James Harden as my turkey. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a direct shot at me. Firstly, let's talk about the merits of Turkey. If you have someone like John's brother or my wonderful, wonderful stepdad, Charlie. Shout out to Charlie Herrera. He's a prince. He's a prince among men. Um, who can either smoke or deep fry or some other cool method of cooking other than baking, which is terrible. Don't bake your turkey. It's disgusting. Nobody wants to eat that garbage unless it's on a sandwich like four days after you make it. Yeah. <laughs> you know why you want to eat turkey on a sandwich? Because it belongs in the deli meat section. <laughs> it's not good otherwise. Um, with that said, I think that turkey is unnecessary for Thanksgiving. I think... Like talking about pilgrims in a good light, we should eliminate turkey. <laughs> I think that we should eat ham, and maybe we should eat like a, a rack of lamb or something. <laughs> some baby back ribs. Who gives a fuck? Something other than turkey, which is boring and dry and worse than chicken. Yeah. Okay? With that said, the turkey 
of the NBA, the team we want to get the fuck out, the team we don't care about anymore, is the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> you don't have Chris Paul anymore. You're garbage. You lost eight games in a row. Free Blake Griffin. Free DeAndre Jordan. Let Doc Rivers and his bitch-ass son drown with the ship. Turkey sucks. <laughs> <laughs> One last bonus category. We're going to rank some holidays here, John. Where do you put Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Uh... That's a very good question. It might be first for me. It's first for me. And I'll tell you why, John. I'll spit some game at you first. Okay, so Christmas is a weird holiday, possibly about Jesus. You have to buy people a bunch of stuff. Both of those things kind of turn me off. I like giving and receiving gifts, but I'd rather be random and not be forced to do it. Yeah, Yeah, I like decorating for Christmas. That's cool. But Thanksgiving, you get to just, like, hang out, and you get to eat a bunch of weird stuff, and people, like, come together and cook things. And it's a much more friendly holiday, even if it's based on a genocidal lie. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why Thanksgiving is great. Because it's not a drinking holiday. You're not, like, the goal is not to drink yourself into throwing up, like, Fourth of July or New Year's. You don't have to buy people things, like Christmas. Yeah. It's it's clearly the best. Like, you can use as much macaroni and cheese and pie as you want. What could be better? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the only reason why I rank it number one is because it's, like, one of like it it because it's either that or Christmas because those are the two holidays where we get the most days off of work. That's true too. <laughs> that and also because Christmas is just like I mean it's nice to go back home, but it's really a holiday for kids. You know, yeah. I, I, I just give them even my family. We're just fucking fed up with Christmas. We just give the kids their presents and then we just chill the rest of the day. That's basically Christmas. Exactly. And if we're if the day revolves around chilling, I'd rather chill with a shit ton of good food around Thanksgiving than some a bunch of just, annoying loud ass kids. <laughs> some people just don't give a fuck about Christmas dinner and they just make garbage. So I mean, fuck all those other holidays. Thanksgiving is the best. Um, I hope you guys, from the bottom of our hearts. Have a great Thanksgiving. I hope it's full of basketball and turkey. They're not playing basketball on Thanksgiving, are they? No. No, okay. So I don't Christmas think so. Time, Christmas time, there will be basketball. Yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving is the one night off for a year. I forgot. Yeah. There's no games on Thanksgiving. Every yeah. Night there's games. Yeah. So, I hope, like, you, like, all NBA players get to enjoy the holiday with your family or your friends or random bums. At the bus stop where you like to get jerked off. <laughs> I told John I wasn't going to make any rude jokes, and I made one at the end. <laughs> okay, I think that I think that's as good a sign off as ever. <laughs> All right, gobble gobble. This has been another episode of Barbacoa Big Red Basketball. Enjoy the holidays. See y'all next time. Chuck it.